Hey, this is Mark with Magpie Coffee Roasters here, and we are up in the mix. Up in the mix, coming to you from a yet undisclosed location. This is Sean, aka the Truth, aka the Super Nicest, aka the Narmistar, aka not the black dude you thought I was. This is Caesar, aka Della Foro, your favorite neighborhood Mexican, Ernesto, Captain Culo, Coach, Mr. Brunch, your local also, that poppy with the dad body, the brown man in the yacht club. How the fuck did he get here? Elomra de la Hinta, the habitual line crosser, the honey badger, the fucking baby whisperer, and tracksuit poppy. What is good, Caesar? <sighs> it's been a good week. I got uh, my. Um, you know, vaccination this week. Okay. I got the Johnson and Johnson one, so one and done. One shot, one one, one kill. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I got a little, you felt like a headache, body sore, joints a little sore, and that's it. And just the arm soreness, obviously, because of the shot location. And that's it. But that's, uh, you know. And then a couple of weeks, and you don't have to worry about shit. Yeah. You be just, out here living your life like me. Kind of. I, I got the, fully I got vaccinated the, I, on luck. I got the baby though, so you know I still got. That's true. Yeah. I still, you know, keep it safe, stay home, and just you know, relax. But nice. how how was your week? It was a week. Um, <laughs> things happened, but none of that matters now because it is officially spring break. Salutes to all my teachers out there who are celebrating this two week reprieve from all the kiddos. Uh, you know, the students were kind of wilding because they were going into spring break. A couple of them were leaving the school, going back to their regular zone school. So, uh, like, uh, my, my student intern, she, she was like on Friday, she's like, these kids are driving me crazy. I was like, this is how it is. This is how it is on that day before break. You know, they're wilding. Mm-hmm. And we had like a little, a little like, you know, party celebration for the kids leaving. And, you know, we do like a fun Friday thing. So they like all got to hang out like in the same room and they're just, you know, it's, I have to say like freshman boys are just the dumbest fucking people on the planet, man. Like mm. I just watched and there's like, you can't tell them nothing. They're like Kanye West in like 2011. <laughs> like you can't tell them a goddamn thing. They don't listen to anything. They think they know everything and they're just so cocky, but also like the only thing that equals their cockiness is their stupidity. And I just, I, mm-hmm. I'm so glad I don't have to teach them because it's out of control. It's, it's funny. Cause we were like that, you know? That's what I'm saying. Like, I wasn't that bad, and I was bad. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. some, I just look at these kids, I'm like, my mom always say, like, your grandpa always say, a hard, a hard head makes for a soft behind. And I'm like, these kids <laughs> obviously did not get put in their place when they were younger because I'm just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, bro, like, come on, man. You know, look, you can't tell them nothing. Yeah. You just got to just watch them and just shake your head. Mm-hmm. Like, God. Yeah, because like we talked, they're not worried about L's. So that's kind of like the big There's thing. There's no such thing as L's. For them. They don't acknowledge L's. Everything's a win. It's just, it's it's like, you know, it's like when you watch the nature shows and you just got the little, the young tiger trying to go hunt and it just goes like the first thing he sees just goes sprinting straight towards it and they're just like mm-hmm. running away from him. Like, what is he trying to do? It's They're like that about everything. Not even just with girls, just everything. <laughs> just full of testosterone. <laughs> 
But anyways. But anyways, we digress. But uh, this week we got a very special guest. Coming to you from a very special place. Yes. Record Street Brewery here in Reno on 2nd Street across from the depot next to the ballpark mm-hmm. in this rejuvenated area. Yeah. Uh, a friend I've known probably probably 10 years almost now. Fuck. Uh, yeah. Ten, it, wait, it, can, we cut, can we cut? Of course you can. Okay. Yeah. Well, you guys came in with all those hot... AKAs, and I'm like, I don't have any AKAs. <laughs> That's fine. AKA your one white friend. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- this man, he's, you know, owns a little bit of things in town, you know, and we've had a lot of fun. Yes. He's, you know, I met him back, you know, 10 years ago as he was a bartender, just a bartender back yeah. in the day. And now I would like to welcome to the show Dylan Evans. Hey guys, how you, I get a round of applause. Does everyone get that or just me? Uh, just you. Just oh, me. I'm gonna feel special for this moment right now. <laughs> we'll let you believe that. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, no. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you guys got to check the spot out. We did our soft opening last week, so we're just kind of dialing things in for March 15th when we can go to 50% capacity. Yeah. No, that's wow. that's awesome. So mm-hmm. we're stoked. It's you know, it's nice. I mean, the year's been tough. It's nice to see some light at the end of the tunnel. People's positivity, attitudes, demeanors have just changed. Like you said, mm-hmm. you're feeling light-footed. You got the vaccine. You're feeling a little bit better about your environment and being mm-hmm. out. So you can definitely tell that's transcending to people unilaterally in the neighborhood. Nice. Yeah. So let's uh, talk about you a little bit. Uh, your background, where you're from. So born and raised Nevada, fifth generation um, background. What I've been bartending for, yeah, 10 years now. I think I've been in the game for 10 years. Started off at Rice Nightclub. Everyone remembers that debacle. <laughs> I, <think laughs> I haven't every, thought about that place in a while. Yeah, a no long one, time. Mm-hmm. It's a bleep. But, you know, was there for a little bit. Um, really started bar back in there. Got grounded in what I was doing. Applied myself. It's like that thing, everything you do, if you're going to do it, just start it. If you're going to start it, jump into it. Jump into it as hard as you can. Learn as much as you can and take from as much as you can from it. Um, so I was really blessed to have mentors and people who pushed me in the right direction right away. Um, you know, and then I got to team up with some other great people like Moberly down at Whispering Vine when mm-hmm. he was taking that. So shout out to him because he helped in his own way, kind of helped me develop things that I was working on there. Um, was blessed enough to run the cocktail program at the Peppermill with Lowe for a little bit. Um, and again, just someone who pushes you to just motivate you to do better. Salute to Lowe. Dude, salute to Lowe mm-hmm. all the time. You know, and then you have people like Annalisa, Nicole Barker, like these people mm-hmm. just crush it. And so blessed enough to have them turn some of that wandering into 1864 Tavern. You know, shout out to Sean over there, too, because he really helped me understand the business aspect of it and what the back looks like, taxes and payroll and fees and how much the government just takes from you for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you don't get nothing back. I get nothing, man. Payroll taxes are the worst. So but then, you know blessed enough to start and help and turn uh, the Alpine and Record Street Brewing into a reality. It's been a four-year project. Um, Jesse and Patrick had this vision, you know, six years ago, and they never stopped. They uh, went as hard as they could, was blessed enough to be brought on about four years ago to help redefine and define the vision of the bar program and the food program, and, you know, here we are. Mm -hmm. It looks amazing. Thank uh, you. We're sitting... For those of you who've seen the videos online, we're sitting in the, the kind of the second half, the Alpine room. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah, mm-hmm. so this is the original Alpine glass building, 1890s. Um, I don't know if you got the long champ, the por- portrait of him uh, by the bar. Yeah, he's the architect between this building and the depot, and I think he did two more in town. Um, but this is the original Alpine glass building. Over 100 years old. Yep. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah, it turned out well. 
I mean, we didn't have to do much. It's already beautiful enough, so we just had to kind of take the space. Yeah, it had a good foundation to start your vision. Yeah. And it, this place is gigantic. I see mm-hmm. this room alone has a capacity of almost 300 people. You've got a stage. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the other room, tell, tell us what's the, what's the other room and what's the business like? So the, the other room is the restaurant and the brewery. You know, we really crush. I have a, I think I have an affinity for East Coast style fast food food. Mm-hmm. Smash burgers, you know, pork sandwiches, <laughs> Philly cheesesteaks. So we really tried to embrace some of that, that culture on the restaurant side. Um, and then we completely flipped it on its head with uh, our pizza oven. There's only three in the entire country. One's in New York, one's in LA, one's here. So for the longest time, we had the Ooh, only damn. one not in quarantine. So we push out pizzas pretty quick. They cook about 600 degrees. Um, and we're just trying to embrace a culture of uh, you know, difference. If you go next door, there's not really, uh, there's not really a clientele or a demographic. It's a, we had bikers over there. There's some millennial, I think they're millennial girls. I don't know what the <laughs> what definition, it is. Gen Z. Because we're, <laughs> we're too old now. Dude, so. I can't keep up no. anymore. It's good. It's, you know, it happens to everyone. Mm-hmm. Oop, so, oop, oop. <laughs> don't touch it once it's set. That's my bad. It's, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So I got one little hot take question. Yes. From uh, Mr. Mobley, actually. Oh, Mr. Mobs? Yes. How was it working at the YMCA? Dude, the, oh. You worked with the YMCA Dude, with Moberly? Yeah. Um, fuck, I, who was the boss there? Um, she was a short brown hair. Yeah, but I worked with Moberly. I can't remember mm-hmm. her name. She hired me for summer camp. And I did what I did, swim camp and something else. But yeah, dude, working with Moberly at, at the YMCA was probably one of the coolest summers how long ago was this? I used to work because mm. I used to work for the City of Sparks in the after school program, and then I worked with Moberly at, up at uh, Grace Warner Elementary School in the after school program. Okay, so <laughs> I'm 35 now. I was a late bloomer, so I think I was like 26 okay. at the YMCA. It had to be 26. But it was the best, dude. It's a great job, right? <laughs> dude, I, I did that shit for off and on for like 10 years. Dude, it's, it's a great job. It. Mm-hmm. I thought it was one of the cool because I would do that during the summer. And then I would do some offsite stuff. And then I was teaching ski school during the winter. So I literally had no responsibility <laughs> at all to do anything just with living my, my life. life. Dude, I was crushing it. Mm-hmm. I'm still crushing it now, but just in a, now I got bad knees. <laughs> so life just takes a stand no, still. I thought it was a good question because Sean did a lot of after school stuff too. So, yeah. yeah. And like Moberly and I definitely uh, worked together. Salutes to uh, my friend Brianne. All three of us worked up at, at, Grace Warner for a couple of years. I can't remember how long. And uh, what's his name, too? Uh, down in Vegas. Um, oh, uh, Rob. 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 Rob was dude. working there, too. And, Bam uh, Bizzle. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Rob was the coolest dude I ever met for a minute when I first started working at the <laughs> I was like, I don't know. This dude is way too cool. He to probably be. looks exactly the same, he, too. He hasn't aged at all. No. No. He's like, for, you know, just, some people just got those good genes. Mm-hmm. Salute to you, Rob. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Stay young. Yeah. Uh, what made you start bartending? Um, so I was working in nonprofits in California and realized that nonprofit, nonprofit is a hard line of work. You know, I was inspired by my work at the YMCA to see what else I could do in social services and then realize that I carry grudges. So, (laughs) you know, dealing with, you know, alcoholic and drug addicted parents and dealing with CPS and then them not acting right and taking care of their kids. I held grudges and you're not supposed to. So it just wasn't for me. So then I came back to Reno and uh, Nicole was like, hey, you need a bar backing job. I was like, dope, everyone wants to bartend at one point in their life. I'm like, why not jump into this? And the rest is history. Like I said, I started bar backing at Rise, did that for like six or seven months. 
um, and then was lucky enough to get a bartending position there, but applied. Dude, I did all the cocktail competitions, joined the USPG when we had it here, just applied, 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 and just grew in the profession that I, the best I could. And so just blessed to be here. Nice. Mm-hmm. So how did that transition from, you know, being a bartender to, you know, going and trying to have your own bar and, and, and leading to this space? So, dude, that's a great question. So bartending mm-hmm. really develops skills and you learn, not every, it's not for everybody. You can teach anyone to bartend, but not anyone can bartend. The whole thing of like, oh man, anyone can do it. Pff, no, no, you can't give up on it. If you don't have the personality for it, it's just not there. But um, you do learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about customer service. And you know, that's really what it is. Even ownership is just a higher purpose of customer service. I'm still beholden to the client just as much as a bartender is. You know, and I still work shifts at 1864 every once in a while. I still mm-hmm. get behind the bar here every once in a while just because I enjoy the industry so much. It just gets vastly more complicated when you start owning, especially when you start owning different things and putting your energy into different things because that's what you do. Everything you do, you put energy into. You spend your whole day giving energy to people behind the bar, you know, and so it just sets you up and ownership gets difficult. You know, you're dealing with paperwork, mm-hmm. you're dealing with employees on top of on top of the patrons and training them and giving them your energy. And then you know your dad, time is the most Time is so valuable. Yeah. After you become a father. Yo, like, dude. Yeah. And that's what I tell everybody. I was like, listen, I have resources up the wazoo, but the one thing please don't waste is my time. Mm-hmm. Like that's time away from my family and my health. And those are the two most important things. Real got. talk. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah. If you're not going to come serious with anything, don't waste my time. Don't waste my time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of places that you can, you know, cut your teeth at bar backing anywhere. But if you want to be, t- if you want to take it seriously, then you don't, don't waste time. Come mm-hmm. prepared, come ready. Yeah. I love that. I love that mentality. You yeah. Know, that, well, that just, you know, get after it, get it. Yeah. You know, when I tell everybody you're going to make, you're going to do a lot of things, right. And you're going to make mistakes. So let's fix the mistakes and focus on all the many things that you do. Right. And a lot of people take those mentalities because you learn in everything that you do. And even with cocktailing and interactions with people, you grow, they teach you lessons, you teach them lessons. And I say the most beautiful thing about this industry. And I think the reason that I love it so much is you make or break people's experiences. You know, mm-hmm. we're all out having a great time. We come in here to get a beer and the bartender sucks. Yes. We don't remember the four spots before that we're killing it at and having a great time. We remember this one shitty bar. The downer. The, the downer. downer. Mm-hmm. But vice versa, we're having an awful night. The last couple of places sucked. We come in here, bartender, server, whoever just crushes it. It alleviates all the shit that we had at the beginning of the night and now we're feeling better. Now, hey, you know what? Let's go get one more. Hey, you know what? We really like this place. Let's stay here. So we just, you're in, you're in the business of really setting expectations and turning people's nights around. I feel like you, you're approaching it well. Like you're approaching it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. how would I feel if I was going out and experience this? And I want to have a positive experience. I want to f- have a good time. And yeah. that's how you're looking at your business. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the most important thing. And I tell everybody that like. Dude, it's just, it's be thankful. Be thankful that they're here. Be thankful that you're here. Be thankful that this exists because it's a lot of hard work that came to get here. And you get to put your thumbprint on it. You get to be a part of a culture that you're helping to create. And it's just super important, especially in Reno right now with everything coming up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So just blessed. Do you feel uh, like how that, that, that changed over time? Like the way you looked at the job? Like, did you always have aspirations of doing more or did it just kind of happen? As time evolved. Uh, so I've always, 
even now I have like nine other projects that I want to do. Shout out to the Virgil, Wells <laughs> Avenue. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I think growth is normal. I think growth is important. Um, I learned to temper, especially with COVID, growth, saying, hey, growth is natural, but you don't need to strive for it all the time. Let growth kind of happen. Let growth mm -hmm. find you a little bit, but focus on what's right in front of you. Because, you know, before COVID, it was like, okay, let's get this up and running. What's step three? All right, got step three already planned out. What's step four? Sweet. Let's get out of the industry and do something different. Like, you just start to go and go, and as momentum builds, people build. So they see that you're doing good things, and they're like, okay, this guy's doing good things. How do we get in with this guy to do good things? And it happens everywhere, but you really got to know what you can take and what mm -hmm. you can do. So I, COVID has been a blessing in some skies because it's like, hey, slow down, appreciate the things that are around you. We had, I mean, almost 500,000 people die in this. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's slow down and appreciate what we have. You know, what's that saying? A, a healthy man wants for a million things, but a sick man wants for one. Mm. So I've been trying to. That's a good one. Yes. Farce. Yeah. <laughs> I, that's not a quote from me. I stole that from someone. <laughs> but no, so I think, yeah, I've always had this hunger to grow. And even now, you know, I can't wait to open another project. But with COVID, it's definitely said, hey, take a reality check. Look what you're blessed with to have right now. And let's slow the growth a little bit and make it a little bit more organic. Yeah. Because now if you, even if COVID wasn't here, you'd have another project and that's more time spread out. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And you don't realize you're spreading your time out until it's spread completely out. Or spreading yourself too thin. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And again, you're not giving full energy to the people who are relying on you to give them full energy because you're giving your energy to other things. So, exactly. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's easy, especially if you're very driven and ambitious to get caught up in that and lose, and lose sight of that, that oh, yeah. sometimes, you know, you stretch yourself too thin and you know, your own health and your own happiness suffers, let alone those around you. I think it's important to sometimes take stock and, and like you said, just focus on the most important things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, because you know, there's here. Yeah, and the important thing sometimes relaxing a little bit because when we're highly driven, yeah. it's just like there's no time to chill, there's no time to relax. You're always next project, next thing. Oh, dude, like, mm -hmm. I, I try to get massages, you know, once a month. Um, and I find myself getting anxiety. Like, hey, I need you to just sit here and not do anything. Just calm your mind down and let me do all of it. I'm like, nope. Mm -mm. <laughs> like, I'm panicking right now. I got to work. Yeah, what do you mean? I just don't have to think of anything. I'm like, I got 900 emails to reply to. So <laughs> what you do, you get yourself in, like, this mm -hmm. mental ball of just oh, I, progression, I, progression, progression. I know exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I left... I left. I went from a different school because I, I felt that way. Like even during breaks or when I took a day off, I would feel so anxiety-ridden that I wasn't because there was so much to do. Yep. I always felt guilty and had anxiety if I tried. I took a break and wasn't doing something, and then it just spiraled. And you can only—it's it's unsustainable. You can't do be like that forever because mm -hmm. something's going to give eventually. And yeah, I know exactly that I, that anxiety is the only types of anxiety, one of the only types I ever feel. But, uh, yeah. Well, and I feel bad for kids coming up now, too, because I've been um, – Instagram got that real thing yes. where you scroll through wheels, which I'm assuming is a lot like TikTok. <laughs> and all the things I see is, oh, kids, second heights, side hustle this. Here's how you do this. I'm like, bro, these poor, kid, poor kids, are, their mentorships are just these 30-second clips of other rich dudes telling them how they got rich. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you can find a friend who's just going to give you $60,000 to buy your first house, invest other people's money. I'm like, well, how do you get other people's money? So these poor kids are growing up with just like this tension of if I'm not driven or doing something, 
all of the time, then what's my self-worth? I mean, that's like everyone in society feels that like you're always trying to catch up because no one's ever ahead. Like you never feel Mm -hmm. like you, you know, especially with now, like everyone's behind the eight ball. Everyone's living paycheck to paycheck. Everyone's trying to get a second hustle just to like make it to that point where you can take a breath and relax. And it's just, it's sad. Like it just, it breeds that mentality. I think Mm -hmm. that's why there's so much anxiety because when you live your whole life, just like, always trying to just scratch by like just slightly get ahead it's just it wears on you over time and then on the internet all you see is the good stuff and all you see is the opposite exactly like it's not presented to you in a realistic way you don't everyone who's out there struggling doesn't see the other people struggling what they see is like the small percentage of people doing better Mm -hmm. than them and that's all the gift shoves down their throat and Meanwhile, they're like 75% of the people are just like you. Yep. Yeah, they don't know it takes at least 10 years to be an overnight success. Oh, 100%. It's all the background work you do. It's all the preparation for the moment. And again, what is the saying? Luck is just opportunity meets preparation. Mm-hmm. One of my fucking favorite sayings. Yeah, like yep. you just, you gotta mm-hmm. be. And that's why even at the beginning of bartending, I just applied myself to, to learn as much as I could. So when the opportunity presented itself, I was ready to go. I hate that, that term, fake it till you make it. Because a lot of people will do that, but the second you make it, well, guess what? You faked your whole way here. Mm-hmm. Now people are relying on you to do something. You're like, well, fuck, man, I faked this. Like now I got to start really applying myself, and by then, t- by that time, it's, it's already been shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's too late. You fucked up. So, whoever's listening, don't the fake it till you make it. It's not the path. Just steady grinding. Steady grind. Mm-hmm. Work it Especially out, when you first start something, like it's just. And, you know, it's it's the good it's the advice I always tell my students. Like when you get your first job, you shut the fuck up put your head down work your ass off and do whatever everyone tells you you find someone you know who's going to show you the ropes don't argue don't be cocky like you don't know shit and just learn like put your head down and also you know it gives you a good reputation everyone sees that in you Mm -hmm. and sees that you're about like about the work especially if it's something hard where it's an industry whether it's bartending, whatever you're doing, where people can tell if you're not faking it, if you're not in it all the way. Yeah. But like, I, you know, there's some teachers I, I've worked with that ain't shit, and <laughs> I fucking hate it. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're just like, you know, they're not about this life. They're not about the job, and you notice it right away, and it's something you can tell immediately, but when you're new to it, you don't know that, and th- that's you never want to get the veterans on your bad side. No, 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 no. Like, and that's the mm-hmm. thing is... Yeah, because I've had some teachers in the bar. I'm like, oh, my God, you're a teacher. That terrifies me. Like, <laughs> I mean, don't get, my, my brother's a teacher. My sister-in-law's a teacher. My girl's a teacher. So I have the utmost respect for teachers, and it's it's hard. Super hard. I couldn't do it. I'd lose my fucking mind. I don't know how. Yeah. I couldn't do that or be a police officer. Two things I couldn't do. And sometimes, like, the mentorship stuff is out the window nowadays. It's gone. You know? Well, mm-hmm. that's what bums me out is that. I don't even think, when I remember coming up and not really thinking that I had a mentor, I'm like, I should have found a mentor, find a mentor, find a mentor, but then you start to notice these people in your life who you did work hard and attach yourself mm-hmm. to, who yes, they might not have been, I'm not hitting them up now for advice, but in those moments in time, what I needed to learn, I You were learning them. from them. You yes. saw how yeah. they were moving and you learned from it, yeah. yeah. And so I adapted everyone into the game, and I tell kids all the time, even a lot of the younger bartenders, I'm like, if you need, like it all... I'm all about mentorship. I, I give everyone my business card. Hey, if you ever have any questions, we went to the Eddie House, which is a really cool nice, organization. Yeah, yeah, we, to them. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I was like, hey, if you guys have a mentorship program for some of these 18, 19-year-olds who are lost, here's my card. 
have them call me and I will, I will spend all the time in the world that I have available to sit down and help mm -hmm. guide them or do whatever I can because I feel like, especially, I feel like, yeah, like you said, mentorship is gone. Like no one knows how to, and now it's like you can, be, you can have a mentor, but it's $3,000 to buy my class. What happened to just helping mm -hmm. your community rise up exactly. within itself with the people you have around? So Again, I think it goes back to that grind thing. When you're so focused on what's ahead of you and what's uh, you know, up and working your way up, you forget what's behind you yeah. and you forget to reach down and help those people behind you get up too. Yeah. And I think I, I like that you said that because it's so important, especially – so, you know, I work with teenagers and just seeing how lost they are. And like, <laughs> like I said earlier, you know, I was, you know, making fun of 15 year olds, but <laughs> I feel like part of that is they don't have anyone in their life showing them what they can be. Like they, they're the people they're looking up to and the people that they're aspiring to be ain't shit. No. And mm -hmm. they don't have anyone like there, you know, whether it's a mentor or someone in their life that they respect and look up to. So I, that's why I always present like when I'm teaching take myself seriously because I know they're watching and looking and seeing how 100%. I act and they're going to take from that more than they know and more than I know so that's why I always I've always taken it so seriously I've worked with kids since you know I've graduated high school and just they watch everything you do like I don't have kids but I know how it is <laughs> like just from <laughs> like they they're watching you and you know it's it's an unintentional not you know formal mentorship but when you're working with people younger than you, I think people don't realize that they're watching the way you're doing. They're looking at you for you for guidance, and people forget that and don't don't act on that. No, and you're right, but and you're 100 percent right there. I think they actually watch you more than you think. I mean, I can remember, I can I can't remember all my teachers, but I can remember the great teachers that I had. And I was an awful student. I was not a good kid. You know, it, again, I was a late bloomer. So it took me a while to really realize again, what I had, what my capabilities were, and I just kind of floated through everything. But yeah, I think as a teacher, you just impact. I mean, that's, you, they spend most of their day with you. They see you almost every single mm -hmm. day. Especially when they're younger, you know, yep. like, you know, it's just, it's the impact they have. It, they're with you, you know, more than their parents. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, they spend a lot of time at school these days, and it's, it's a bummer. I'm, I'm lucky to, on some levels, to set my own schedule and pick my kid up and walk into school and I know all the parents. I love it. I'm super blessed, but I can see a lot of kids who struggle. Do you think? Do you think your experience working with kids is, has helped you be a better bartender and be a better, uh, you know, boss to your employees because you are used to being empathetic and, and mentoring or looking after other people? Oh, absolutely. I think. I think. And again, shout out to Mobs for the question. Mm -hmm. um, again, I was floating through life in that moment, but I look back and I fondly reflect on my YMCA days all the time of just <laughs> what it set me up to do to, you know, imagine managing 42 kids with one other counselor to swim pool. Like you're just not ready for it. <laughs> just, Tell me about it. They throw out. you in the deep end. They do, man. I remember going to a park once and just being like watching this creepy old dude fish for kids. I'm like, I don't know what to do right now. I'm 20. real fucking top. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to do. I'm a, do I fight this man in front of the kids? Like, do I call the cops? Thank God the bus driver saved us. I was about to, you know, karate chop somebody. Cigar <laughs> chop. Yeah, cigar chop. But no, I think it does. I think kids prepare you for, especially if you work with kids when you're younger, it really prepares you for it's just It's so much responsibility. So I mean, like I would be in charge of a group. There'd be 90 kids and like me, like three other people. Yep. And like, yeah. And like a couple of the people working there were yeah. like 17. Yep. 
And, you know, I was only, like, 22, 23, and it's like, okay. You like, were, yeah. I'm responsible for all, like... 90 lives. Yeah. You got 90 <laughs> lives on your shoulder right now because what do they call them? Uh, MITs or counselors in training? CITs. <laughs> what are you? I'm a CIT. I'm like, oh, fuck, you're, you're 13. <laughs> and that, I, that was the thing. I worked there so long, like, I had kids who... I had watched become those things, yeah. and then eventually, like I was like their boss, they're like working for me. So you mm-hmm. kind of just learn how to deal with people, but also you see the effect you have on them. Yep. And if you're, you know, not doing things the right way, they're not going to do things the right way. Yeah, they model behavior. Like, oh, well, he. And that's why you know sometimes even in leadership roles and in, in, in ownership, you know, I went through this phase, kind of going back to bartending, where I loved it, I was in love with it, and then I got tired. I got real tired, you know, because I was grinding out 1864, trying to get that place to where I, my expectations were, working like seven days a week, all kinds of hours, just exhausted. And I remember just starting to get a little bitter. But again, plays back to like the YMC mantra of just like, really, where are you at? Take toll of where you're at and like apply it to where you are. And I remember just getting tired for like a good four months. And then I had Jess, um, who was working for me at the time, she still does. And uh, she always told me to be a who. Don't be a Grinch, be a who. Because gr- you get tired. You mm-hmm. get complacent. Yeah, yeah. You get tired. And, uh, but, you know, like, again, going back to kids, they have this beautiful resilience to them to where one minute their life is falling apart and the next minute, like, ah, really wasn't that bad. Maybe not teenagers. I feel like that shit just lasts for like four or five years. <laughs> but the young kids, man, they bounce back quickly. So you definitely learned some cool life lessons from them. Nice. For sure. So how did that transition happen to like doing bartending and like at 1864 where it was already set up and you want to do something of your own? So again, that was just opportunity met preparation. Like mm. I was prepared for everything. I was still entering competitions. I had some, you know, I had, I don't know. I mean, I guess I had some, some notoriety or like a name. I mean, it's hard in Reno cause there was only like six great bartenders. I don't mean to disrespect anybody. So it's not what I'm trying to do, but mm-hmm. So to have a name in Reno, there was only, what, four cocktail bars? So I was just, I think a lot of it was, I was blessed to just kind of come up when I did. Because now there's 90 badasses behind all kinds of bars. Because, you know, when you started bartending here, not every bar did fresh juice. Yeah. Not every mm-hmm. bar did shaken cocktails. Not every bar had, you know, now going anywhere. Those things are, are gra- taken for granted and now, normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're old enough to remember where it was like, <laughs> what? Like, damn, I want my drink now. Like, yeah. you know, like and people... That expectation of service and and not, you know, did you have to go through educating people on the experience for the difference between going through to, you know, a bar that just has a bunch of drafts and and pour shots to this is a cocktail bar. These drinks take a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. How how was it doing that? Well, so that was the crazy thing is you have Duncan at Chapel and then Nicole and Annalisa at Chin Chin. It's kind of open up around the same time. And, you know, Chapel opens up as this really, and Duncan crushed it, Mm -hmm. opens up as this real, like, here's our cocktail menu, fresh juice, everything. Here's seasonals, introduced seasonal cocktail menus, shaking cocktails. And then you had Chin Chin's who did complete craft with absolutely no cocktail menu. There was nothing. Hmm. Tell me what your spirit is and we go from there. Um, So, but then you had this like, college culture and even adults with this college mindset of what culture was um and you're trying to train them and again as much as you train staff you do have to kind of train or guide patrons because they don't know what to expect exactly mm-hmm. and you know so if they go through the motions they're not ready so it's this constant juggle and orchestra orchestration of customer expectations versus your staff's expectations and expertise but i think reno and that's why i tell everyone right now to be in the reno food and drink scene is so cool because it took 
six, seven years to get where we are right now mm -hmm. and we're still growing. Do I think the golden age of cocktails are dead? Do I think that people are still doing mahogany infused icicles, <laughs> swizzle sticks? No, but there's still so much out there to experience in cocktail and food culture that, you know, being in Reno right now and being part of that growth is huge. Cause where else do you get to go that you help build? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How has COVID affected all this? You guys were, Fuck I'm COVID. assuming <laughs> gonna open prior to, you know, like yeah. a couple mm -hmm. of weeks from now. Dude, we were open May 5th. We did a Cinco de Mayo thing with a Philly cheesesteak, a pepperoni pizza. I don't even think we had beer yet. Like we just <laughs> had to do something to open. And I remember looking at Jesse, who's our president, and he's just like, dude, we gotta do something. I was like, all right, well, let's just open. We'll make all, so we did Phillies, we did a Philly, White Whiz provolone, and then a cheese pizza and a pepperoni, and literally took all the money we made that week and then gave it to Travis, our head brewer, and said, okay, here, brew a beer, <laughs> brew a beer. Be and then we came out with the malt rose, and then it was just this big build. We were, again, a blessing and a curse. We were ready to open on a lot of levels, but on some levels, we really weren't. So now we're rebuilding and we kind of focusing our energies. So when we do open up, we're ready. I mean, it's going to be a lot of organic growth the next couple of weeks because we don't know what it looks like still. Right, mm -hmm. right. No 50, one does. Yeah, 50% capacity could still mean them knocking on my door and the three of us are talking, but I'm standing up and now I get cited for someone loitering around a table. So it's just been hard. Again, if only there was like a, a governing body that could just set a standard across the board <laughs> and like make it the same for everyone, mm -hmm. I think it would have been a lot easier. But, you know, people are resentful, too. Well, I went here at this restaurant. I don't have to do this. Now I'm at your bar. I don't have to do it. And, I mean, as much as we were frustrated, I can imagine consumers being frustrated, too. They didn't know what to do. And they're getting yelled at left and right. And then I'm looking at them like, how do you not know? But they don't know. <laughs> you know? But even to this day, it's still like they walk up to the bar without a mask. I'm like, this has been a year, bro. Like, you, you should know. You should know. And don't give me. I don't want to wear the mask. I still don't. Like, I appreciate it. I do it because I got a kid and family and a grandmother who's stubborn as shit and still goes out. Like, I don't want to be the reason, but I'm definitely looking forward to this being done. Oh, yeah. I hate mm. wishing my life away for anything, but I'm okay with, like, wishing a month away to see what <laughs> COVID does. But we're ready. I mean, COVID was hard, and it was hard for everybody. I can't imagine. I mean, I can because I did it but I can't imagine other people's struggles. I can only relate to my own in my industry. Um, and even on some levels I can, I was still blessed to have a, a you know, job. And stuff. A job. Mm -hmm. Like I was working, I wasn't getting paid because we couldn't really afford to pay anybody mm -hmm. at that point, but we, had a, we could afford to pay some staff. Again, it was their, their blessing to kind of work with us and understand that we're doing the best we can. Um, and the community was great too. I mean, Reno had a really great outpouring of people. Supporting trying. local businesses. They, 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 they did a great think, job. Yeah. So we were lucky, and I don't, I'm sure it was in other communities around the country too, but we, I don't know. I just love Reno so much. I'm passionate about this place. I'll probably never leave. <laughs> well, kind of, you're kind of stuck now. I'm kind of stuck. Yeah, there's yeah. not like I can go anywhere. You can't, can't just pick up and go. You know? <laughs> no. It takes a lot of time and money probably. It does, man. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's cheaper to go other places now. Reno's blowing up. My house is worth way more than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to buy a house right now. No, it's you're, tough. You're it's tough. It's tough. Come to Sparks, man. O Street. Well, I am in Sparks, and I'm trying to get a house anywhere, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Sparks is still not affordable, actually. Yeah. It's you can go to the tough. valleys, but no one wants to live. It's, it's, too, far. it's too far. It's too far. You're not in the city, then. Yeah. No, you are not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> nope. That's JT shakes his head, yes. Yep. Have yeah. you ever looked at the uh, Zillow satellite shots of Sun Valley and Lemon Valley? Mm -hmm. No, it's depressing. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if you live there. I'm sorry if you're listening. I'm not talking shit. Uh-huh. It just looks. You should just. If you're listening right now, pop a Zillow app, type in a Sun Valley address and just scan out and see it, and then go to Reno and scan out and see it. It's just night and day. <laughs> it's impressive. Because we all know you're out there on Zillow. We all are. Yes. Oh, Even, yeah. Uh, it, but. That SNL, that SNL skit, so good. Was, I haven't seen it. Is it good? It's fantastic. It, it, they they do it like you know back in the day, like if you're watching MTV at like eleven o'clock, yeah. they'd have like the little personals, like the the sex numbers, yeah. whatever. They did that, except it was for Zillow, and it's just like people, <laughs> just like oh, I'm gonna flip that house. <laughs> like it was so funny. Like it's just like, are you a late thirty something millennial? Look at this. House. What are you doing on Saturday night? <laughs> oh, that. See, are I you looking at that? Like, oh my God, look at that backsplash. You're really good. Like, <laughs> you were really good at that. Mm-hmm. Sean does good voices, yeah, apparently. We just great. found out that like a couple weeks ago. It's a skill, man. It's a talent. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has it. Not everyone can mm-hmm. sing. I wish I could sing. Yeah, it goes back to my days, you know, playing with my brothers, being the villains and doing the, the, the different characters oh, yeah. <laughs> when we were All kids, I guess. But what we were talking about? We, I think we went to Zillow and then it got dark. COVID, and then, yeah. But like now we're going to, you know, how is it balancing that, you know, being a father, family, you know, having the lady, the kid, and running businesses? Dude, it is. Because it's just like more than one, you know? Yeah, no, it's extremely tough. I, it's the hardest thing I think to date in my life is because, again, it's all about that energy. And as in this industry, I feel like a lot in the entertainment industry too, even for like photography, all that, you spend your entire day. Hey guys, how you doing? Hey man, I'll be right with you. You're giving them. You're giving money. yourself. Yeah, you're, you're giving, giving yourself yeah, to others. Yeah. This positive energy, and you're giving and you're giving and you're giving, and then you get home, and there is no decompression right away. Mm-hmm. It's go oh, dad. Straight to work. Yeah, Pokemon cards, Beyblade Blattles, <laughs> hide and seek. I got him. You know, I made the mistake of getting Nerf swords with a laser chest thing. So <laughs> fucking sun's whooping my ass aggressively with swords and like <laughs> nerf battle and then hide and seek again and then hey can we play pokemon go so you like you just don't and then you put them down and then you have you know a loved one that wants your time too mm-hmm. and now you're exhausted and you're like i don't have the energy so it's a really hard and i still struggle i know mm-hmm. shout out to struggling people but i do understand i have i recognize that i have a hard time balancing that and i'm trying to get better at it i think i'm doing okay but right now it's even harder like I want to take a vacation in spring break, and in normal times I probably could, but boom, 15, 50% occupancy. So I can't. Time to get back to Yeah, work. I can't Harder. sit on my heels. And I had this whole year not being able, you know, we obviously were shut down at 1864 for seven months, but it wasn't like dope vacation. Like, I'm just going to sit. We were opening this spot up, and then I had all the stress and worry about getting Zach and Nick back to work and getting Jess back to work, and what do we do? What's it look like for them? Even though they're balling out on unemployment right now, I still need to get them back, you know. <laughs> It was just hard. And so balancing that energy, even not in a pandemic, is just a, it's a difficult beast to, to manage. So then on top of that, how do you recharge? You said your significant other is a teacher. Yeah. How do you guys recharge from just the hustle and bustle of, of everyday life? So I think what it is, it's probably not the best coping mechanism, but I brunch up hard. <laughs> like I, oh. you know, Lincoln will be at his mom's house for the weekend and we ju- I hit brunch hard and I just... I think I spend the whole day Sunday being a customer and really just being around friends and family. And we do family dinners every other Sunday, you know, grandma dinners on every other Tuesday. So I really find those moments there to turn my phone off and just be like, okay. Have family. a little time for it. Yeah, that's yep. good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like you have those little set aside. That's, I think that's so, I mean, I remember Caesar 
I learned from Caesar every Tuesday, him and his, his girl would have a date night. Yep. They'd go to a movie and go to dinner. Mm-hmm. I think it's so important to, to just, even if it's a few hours, yeah, just to set aside those times where, you know, like uh, everyone that knows me knows like Sunday afternoons into Sunday evenings, like I don't have no meetings, mm-hmm. no nothing. Like that's just, it's my, t- like maybe we'll go, you know, we might just sit there and watch a movie or make dinner yep. or mm-hmm. something or get takeout and, binge watch something but yep. nothing i don't want anything going on and you know it's you know people have got to respect it yeah well i think it's like i said i i also with everything is being in an extroverted industry industry as we are like i love the introvert time too like even if it's just 30 minutes to myself and i'm not good at meditating because like i said it gives me anxiety to but like yeah still. dude i'll play pokemon go in my car for like 25 minutes because my son loves pokemon go so i got into it super hard and just like okay it's 25 minutes of Pokemon Go time or just 25 minutes of, what is it, just monotonous scrolling through something. I'm like, okay. Whatever, that's the thing. Everyone has their thing. You just yeah. got to find it. Take my shoes off for a second, step on some grass, ground out, go back to work. You know, mm. but it's like grind. It's, you know, and everyone's like, oh, if I just grind my 20s out, I'll be better in my 30s. If I just grind my 30s out, I'll be ready by my 40s. It's a slippery slope. Dude, that's, mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying. Like the grind doesn't stop until you slow that grind down. And when's enough? And what are you content with? Because having a million dollars doesn't, if you don't have your health, your happiness, your family, like what's, like what's I it worth him? It's like, it's like Thanos, what did it cost you? Yeah, what did it cost you, bro? <laughs> like everything to do this. And you know, I always, I never really appreciated the people who are like, oh man, money doesn't make you buy happiness, which I get, it does. On some levels, it buys you mm-hmm. material happiness. Up to a certain point. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can buy a car, but you can't buy health. Like you can buy a house, but you can't buy happiness. Like you have money helps you with these material things and yes does it make life a little bit easier not to stress about a car payment or your your refrigerator breaking but man do you just start to realize with money like i have i'm talking like i have money i'm broke as shit but you just start to realize what's really important when you don't have any money Mm -hmm. like when you are just getting by and you're doing okay like you're not struggling on your level but you just start to really appreciate the family and the friends and the life that you have, like going out to brunch and spending a hundred dollars on brunch, like seems mm-hmm. trivial, but it's huge. It's huge to be able to be like, yes, spend a hundred dollars on brunch. Every my girl's pissed off that I spent a hundred dollars on brunch, but it was worth it. Cause it helps center you. It helps build that energy up. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dylan, it's been a great conversation. Yes. I love that your energy, you can feel the passion you have for what you're doing Thank you. uh, in, in your words. Um, we're going to take our first break. Caesar has a song of the week. It's so funny, Caesar. I was looking at her I album, mm-hmm. and I and I uh, almost picked something, but I was like, ah, I didn't have time to like really listen to the whole album, and then I saw you picked a song. This so it works out. We're on the same wavelength all the time. That's why I call it a team, son. Yes. So uh, my song is Chica, featuring uh, BJ the Chicago Kid, and it's called Fairy Tales. So listen and enjoy, guys. Salud. It's up to you. Yeah. Fairy tales are true. Yeah. Fairy tales are stories with lessons and allegories that tell us about the world that could be. But I see no mention of bad shorties and niggas sipping on 40s. No heroes inside a book look like me. I don't ever mourn my childhood. No 
all my folks is happy that they chop good Imperative and narrative reflect what's up in my hood Figured that the remedy is simple Let's make a couple hits for all the kids that need a symbol Let's remind them that they matter The media can chatter and peer into their lives to form statistics like we data. Spin a yarn about candy ladies or about waking up on Saturday. Mama blessing gospel, clean that house, gon' take about half the day. Afterwards, we pass a J. Think of all who passed away. Smoke blown out the window, that's a sin, don't know what pastor say. And services till late noon. Wafers paired with grape juice. Create a classic, spitting about some shit we can relate to. Cause ain't nobody talking about a beanstalk, nigga. Let me tell you when the threes drop, nigga. We get higher than the treetops, nigga. Pipe paper going to because the streets top, nigga. Road models only real until the beat stop, nigga. Carrots let the colors if it's deep pock, nigga. But a wall so dry, call it sheet rock, nigga. This is heat rock, bigger than the weather that I'm living in. If I got a killer beat, I make it deliberate. He's five, four, fun, we live, go dumb. Get a little street wear, now you thinking no song. Show and tell, just a little weird after you throw some. Feeling for oppression, I can really let you hold some. Better bet they show they ass, better bet I throw some. Jumping through the hoop like an acrobat. Little nigga jumping to the booth after passing that. My niggas the truth, and so it's true, they be after that. Welcome back. That was Caesar's song of the week. It was Fairy Tales by Chica featuring BJ, the Chicago kid. Yeah, Chica. She has bars. It's fantastic. Yeah, good song. Her album just came out. Yeah, a little EP, and uh, I'm a big fan of BJ, the Chicago kid. So mm-hmm. It nice. worked. I was ordering chicken wings, so I missed half the song. So <laughs> shout out to chicken wings. <laughs> <laughs> They're always great. They're, you guys got good chicken wings. There. We've been working on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we got. we're trying to get some different flavors, you know. Buffalo Ranch, but a different Buffalo Ranch. I know that sounds different. Sea salt and vinegar, though. That sounds, it's mm-hmm. not like sea salt and vinegar chips, though, too. I tell people. Like, sounds good. Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I don't really fuck with the chips, but. Oh, the chips are. Chicken not. wings, I'm definitely going to have a sample. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get them. They're good. They're one of my favorites. As I look at G- into JT's eyes. <laughs> He's like, nah, nah. It's all right. We got plenty of time. Well, Caesar, uh, it's uh, that time of the week. World news. <laughs> it is that time. <laughs> Should I break it to the. <laughs> <laughs> JME stock up yep. once again <laughs> as ticker yeah. tape parade goes crazy in New York City. I don't know. But yeah, yeah GMA, GME stock back up again for all of you out there that were uh, on the stock before. It, it in uh, I think it was like late January, it went up all the way to over $400. It spiked. And then since then, it, it, it dropped steadily all the way back down. I think it bottomed out at like 40 or 50 bucks a share. And the last week or so, it, it, it's back up to, I think, almost uh, $280, $270 a share. So salutes to all of you that are making money off that. If you're, if you're right, I saw Jeff from Glass Die post something like, salutes to you, Jeff, mm-hmm. out there making those moves. Um, it's, it's wild. So many people got into the stock market. I was talking to Kevin, salutes to former Statman, about mm-hmm. uh, some investments and uh, things we're doing and yeah, Roblox launched their IPO. Yeah, <laughs> their I saw IPO. That. Yes. And, uh, so, got it. He made a little bit of money. I, I I I put a little money into that, and, you know, for long term. But yeah, mm-hmm. just uh, watch the stock a, market. The Game Stock, right? Game. Yeah, GME. Sorry. Yeah, is everyone's not as familiar with the <laughs> exactly. You got to tell these people is GameStop mm-hmm. stock and uh, a couple other ones. AMC uh, was another one. The movie chain that all these people from Reddit were really pushing mm-hmm. and. These retail investors were really uh, into, and uh, they're back up, and people are making money, and, and salutes to the, you know the regular person actually able to make some money off the stock stock market. Yeah. Taking back capitalism. 
Yeah. You have to. You do. Salute to Disney. All you guys out there, uh, my Disney stock is <laughs> treating very well because <laughs> shit is going. Throw a dart at a tech stock right now and just buy as much as you can. Especially if it's low. Yeah, especially yeah. when it's Buy low. the dips. Mm-hmm. Yep. Buy the dips. You know, and again, you have to look at it as, as long. Some of these, you know, you have to look at long term. You're not going to get like the, the, GameStop, uh, the GameStop stuff, I think was a unique situation that's not going to yeah, happen no. mm-hmm. very often but you know some of these other ones you know mike and i are doing some research now looking at options trading and uh like some we're gonna ETAs. be day trading we're gonna be day trading like kevin oh, soon eventually no time <laughs> be careful man i don't know day trading's just gambling to me and i love that's, the game don't see, get me wrong that's the way you got to look at it i appreciate roulette but I, yeah <laughs> like i already sports gamble a little bit and yeah. that's the way i look at this shit it's like okay like you're just you're doing the best you can, but ultimately, there is chance, and you got to be okay with losing the money that you put in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, day trading is something that I don't mess with. I got a Roth IRA and some savings and some an ETA, but or TF. Day trading scares me. It's like yeah. Bitcoin. I can't, my I can't. my uh, my former roommate spent a year like researching, taking these classes, practicing, and he's been day trading now for a little over a year, and he's made. Some huge gains, but he's also lost them. Salute to you, Kevin. Yeah. You know I love you. You keep mm-hmm. doing what you got to do. But, you know, learn from your mistakes like we were talking earlier. Yeah. No, that's one thing. Everyone talks about Bitcoin. Bitcoin scares me because, you know, I can't throw a Bitcoin through your car window. I could throw gold, <laughs> iron, almost anything, but I just can't throw a Bitcoin. There's no, yeah, so it's hard for me to get my head You can't around. hold that blockchain yeah, code. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I got this. I could use it as a weapon. Nope. It's just there somewhere. It's like when... Uh, what was that Farmsville? What was a little game that everyone loved on their phone? You had the the cows and the chickens, and the, they were like the first ones to sell you a. The one from the one from Facebook. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it probably made, was Farmville. Something like that, but they made first one to sell you a digital chicken, and you had to pay like three bucks for this chicken on your farm, and they made millions. And now they have mm-hmm. that new NBA thing where you get the. It's like an NFT, is what it's is called. That what it's called? And it's like a digital something Don't. that you could buy, and a lot of artists are going into it. But you don't even own it like the NBA one. Yeah. You can't even put it up. You can't do nothing because it already has copyright. Yeah, and so you own it, but you don't own. And you pay ridiculous amounts of money And it's for like it. just a digital thing. <laughs> it's like a, like a dunk from Vince Carter yes. or something like that. Something trivial. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, and then you don't own it. But it's, it's, it's blowing yeah, my no, mind. Yeah, uh, no, artists are like the ones with like big followers on social media. They're, take, they're just making stuff like that. that making a lot of money. Just sheeps on some of that level. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, the, the people with money are always going to find a way to exploit something. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I get it. I'm a big believer in capitalism. Um, shout out to capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> well, the next thing, Caesar. Dude, I, I was going to put this girl in another category, but. <laughs> I saw the story, how it ended. So the other day, this video went viral of this woman in San Francisco, like, in an Uber, and the driver, like, asked oh, her to yeah. put her mask on. She flipped out, started cussing at him, like hitting him, tried to take his phone, pepper sprayed the car because he pulled over and told him to get out. And then they Coughed started on like, him. coughing on and like, sp- like try to spit on him. And the video went viral. Well, I found out yesterday that she was arrested and charged mm-hmm. with, uh, and again, so. it was an Asian Uber driver. And like we were talking about last week, like the attacks against Asian people have risen because of coronavirus and certain people calling it the China virus or whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of, you know, spreading that racism. So uh, she got what she deserved. She, they, 
they watched the video, like she was wilding too. Mm-hmm. Like she was like fuck mass and like just got it. She's like she hit him and she's like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And like, look, look, I'm not you know saying that anyone should ever hit any man should ever hit a woman, but you know like. He should have had pepper spray or something. But, yeah, he t- should have had some way to defend himself because she was attacking him and wouldn't get out of his car. And it was just she was out of pocket. And it was great to see that uh, she got what she had. I wish there was video of her getting arrested <laughs> and seeing those tears of her crying. Because not uh, understanding what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. all the dudes who stormed the Capitol. Right. I can't get on this plane. I don't know, man. It's that Bill Burr stand up. Like, really, there's never, ever a reason to hit a woman. Ever. I mean, come on. You're going to put your hands on me and spit and cough. I might have to. Uh, and, like, to his credit, he, he was cool, like, the he whole thing. Well. He just was, like, recording know. it. He didn't react. Even, when, like, she tried taking his phone. Yes. And, yeah. like, she, he, like, snatched it back. And then her friends were like, like, like oh, you, you're done. Like, like the, the, the fucking boldness of their actions. I was just like, damn. That's what I'm like, saying. I don't they know. They are not fearing any retribution from him that's and you're not looking at him as a human right now that's what i'm saying that's should you ever hit a woman no but i mean if they're getting that bold yes i mean i think they yes. got charged with conspiracy i think there was an assault and a conspiracy to commit assault because there was three of them yeah there was a bunch of tra- and other charges too because they like uh <laughs> i mean it was almost kidnapping they wouldn't get out of his car they <laughs> yeah. were like you know what i mean like and he can't force them out of his car either. there's nothing he could well, I, do I, see, I would have forced him out of my car i would have just probably chuck norris the crap out of all three of them because i guess i would have got one and the other two I mean, the thing is like he was on the quick. side of the road as a black mm. man i would have just gotten out of my car and called the police yes. and be like mm. y'all want to sit here and act fools and tear up my car and like the shitty part was like originally uber didn't want to give him money to like get his car fixed because of the pepper spray and everything yeah. they had done but then like once the story went viral and like the ceo found out about it then they like gave him money like here you go they were like trying to dispute his claim to get like the car fixed <laughs> yeah. of course they were because the pepper spray you know that just showed, I, as soon as like it got out like actual people i'm sure it's just an automated process of them trying to fucking Collect. you know fu- Collect money, <laughs> like yeah. hold him out of you know it's, yeah. we're not talking like it was like 250 dollars or something <laughs> like, it, like that's the thing that's so fucking petty and he had to fight for it but like a news reporter in san francisco picked it up that's who shared it, and that's where I saw the story, mm-hmm. the follow-up of them getting arrested. So. Yeah, and that girl is, like, permanently 86 from Uber and Lyft. And Lyft, yeah, I saw and that. And Lyft was like, no, we don't even want her either. Nope. Good. So, mm-hmm. think, uh, what was it? Because Lyft's the one you called when you were drunk because Uber wouldn't pick you up, so if Lyft doesn't <laughs> want you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for Good. Yeah, I, amen, dude. That's fucked up. She, she could have been our fuckboy of the week, but we got. No, and that's where I, I put her, but we already have one. Mm-hmm. There's and a fuckboy of the week, too? Yes. But the next, the next thing on the news, Wisconsin senator, I don't even want to say his fucking name, but um, on Twitter, he was called, he, they told him your hood is showing. And that was because he said um, in the, the White House storming, yeah. he's like, he said he wasn't scared because it was white people, but if it was black people, he'd be terrified. Oh, damn. That's, so, a, that's a white dude. So, so Twitter went bananas. And was like, your hood is showing, my guy, you know? <laughs> what did he say, though? Like, what did he say after that? Oh, after the Twitter? No, Wait, it what was senator is this? Senator of Wisconsin. Oh. Mm. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I listen to a lot of NPR. <laughs> Lots of it. And then he was like, the, uh, the white people were coming. I wasn't scared. But if it was black people, I'd be terrified. I mean, I'm, 
this it, it was in America, right? This is like, I'm not shocked at this at all mm-hmm. that he had the audacity to say that. You know, yeah, they're, and he's they're a, out there wilding right now. He's a senator, feeling brave. I know I'm the only white dude. I'm feeling a little scared right now. That shows the mentality, though, mm-hmm. of like the, some of the people. It shows the mentality of everyone that was involved in that and why they were allowed to do what they do, were doing. Because yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't want to get too deep because I'm sure it's been touched on a lot. I'd never understood white privilege for the longest time, could not get it. And then it took me the, over the last like eight, nine months of all the riots during COVID and all these things and going to the things, um, the rallies downtown mm-hmm. and just, I hate to use the word woke because I don't know if that's, that's not the proper word, but it was a really interesting epiphany to kind of understand what it meant. And so when I see it now in relation to things that I might have been like, well, I mean, I get it. But then I, now you, I just don't. I don't understand the mentality at all of where people are coming from. So it's, I don't know, it's just it's crazy right now. Yeah. But let's move on to something more positive. Yes. Um, well, actually, this isn't positive. It's Oh, God. <laughs> so uh, in American Saga, the Wu-Tang story, they're starting the second season. And Joey Badass is not going to be coming back to play Inspector Deck. They recast his part. Did uh, they no, say why or anything? No reason was given. Is it a white um, dude? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, legit uh, question. Yes. I, you know, we're just on that topic right yeah. now. Legit question. <laughs> but no, uh, they, they cast some other actor. They just announced it. Um, I didn't write his name down. Sorry. But uh, the, at least the show's going on. And he wasn't. he was only in, they said, two episodes anyway. So it's not like he was, like they really introduced this character yet. But I think it's because he's mm-hmm. going to be such a main part going forward that they need someone who's going to be available, Consistent. not a touring musician who has his own thing going on. Yeah, side hustle. Yeah, and then then some hot goss for you, Caesar, because I know yes. I know you're you're a Yankee fan and a Roger boy. But I saw somewhere yeah. on my news feed that him and J Lo had possibly broken up. No. GT's shaking his head no. Is this, is this false? Are we, am I messy? Allegedly. Alleged. Allegedly. Am but, I being but, messy right now? But the, the internet's going wild. They're working it out. Yeah. Oh. Okay. The internet's going wild. Good for them. Because uh, there's pictures of J-Lo and the Thanos, the gauntlet, because she has eight engagement rings or whatever. She does? Mm, she's had. Mm-hmm. Damn. Good for her, too. Yeah. Now they're working out. I but, think. like, you know, like A-Rod, you know, Ooh. Yankee. Those but, chicken wings. Are they good? <laughs> Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> I just uh, had to take a little bite, just mm-hmm. just to test it out. A little mm-hmm. sample. I love wings. it. Yeah, nice and crispy. Don't fuck around with chicken wings, man. They're important. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't we? We had a whole conversation last week about chicken wings. A deep wings. one, a very deep. Oh, one. I would have loved to been in on that one. Salutes to the guys from Diamond District Podcast. Yeah. That was a, a very informative conversation and made me re-examine some life choices. <laughs> <laughs> I went. Uh, I went in a very uh, wild tan. Tangent? <laughs> Tangent about it. <laughs> he went off, dude. I'll have to look. I'll have to listen. Yeah, he was lost in the sauce last week. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. Next thing, TV and movies. So I've been watching uh, Humans on Amazon Prime. And what it is, it's, um, it's in the future. And they have a synthetic people. And they help do everything around the house. But there's a group of them that have a conscience. So now... Nope, nope, yeah. nope. nope. So nope. now, they're, it's just kind of uh-uh. like... It's like it's like racism, but they're putting it on machines and things yeah. like that. Fuck machines. And then so it's just it's just a wild thing. I'm, I just started the second season. They have three out now, and it's just kind of wild. I learned Love some. It. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I just said I learned some about myself. I don't do well with dramatic TV. I feel like <laughs> like scary movies. Like if I want to be scared, I'll just go downtown, 
with like money hanging out of my pocket. <laughs> is it because you're trying to watch TV to relax? Because I, I feel I, the same I'm way. Like, Dude, can we talk about Ted Lasso season two coming out soon? Like oh, that God. was the most feel good show for me. <laughs> so funny, bro. I just as a coach, I was just oh like, my God. Like I came into work just a happier person thinking that this dude existed in some kind of frame of mind. His whole his whole outlook on life is something we can all try and emulate. Like his wife left him because he was too optimistic. Can you imagine being too optimistic? And they nope. made it work. They made <laughs> yeah. it like so like you don't hate her for doing it. No. Like you understood like that that was such a well written show. Yeah, the only thing I don't like is that he doesn't get to spend a lot of time with his kid, but that's just like a, a weird dad thing that you pick yeah. up on. Mm-hmm. But no, that human show sounds like it would stress me the fuck out. I mean, yeah, because I mean, Skynet, bro. Skynet, dude. It's, al- gotta, it's almost here, dude. I, nope. See, I'm gonna lose it. Yeah, those dogs are. I think the NYPD about yeah, that robot the, dog. The ones that they kick and they nope. I saw that one <laughs> Black Mirror episode and I was like, fuck. Done. Never watching this again. Now I, I need gotta, some motherfucking laser guns because yeah. how are we gonna take? How is like? Nope. I feel like regular bullets aren't gonna take these things out, son. No, we used no. to grow up with X Files where it was like. A weird thing that might happen. Now, this shit they're talking about really could happen. It's close. It's because we're so close. Now. Yeah, and just I'm just supposed to be start okay. making your start making your little portable EMPs, people. Dude, <laughs> as I watched Preppers when Preppers came on Netflix, and it's like none of them were talking about like a the Skynet apocalypse. I'm like, none. Of, you guys are worried about like a volcano. I'm worried about robot dogs. I mean, I feel like that tracks for those people. They're not probably they don't. They're mm-hmm. not following <laughs> probability and statistics. No, they're probably all on that cute on tip yeah. right now. Fucking. <laughs> Trump's coming up. Yeah. He's going to get inaugurated again. But yeah, um, the thing about shows like that, especially when they're in the future, and I'm always like, so when we do have robots and this whole struggle for robots' rights like, happens, oh, God. like, what, like are, are, is that going to happen? Will black people still be fighting too? Because it's going to be awkward. Of course. It if like, of black course. people yeah, are like, trying to get rights. And we still got to like, all right, like, I guess we're going to have to add another letter to LGBTQ Jeez. or something all with right. like, the robots. Or, <laughs> like, no gonna... offense to anyone, but. You know, like, the struggle's real for so many people. Can we get every, the human shit solved before we bring robots into it? They're probably going to just show a lot of skits of that, uh, what's that Robin Williams movie where he plays a robot? A bicentennial man. Bicentennial man. Like, see, this is what it is. This is the struggle. Robin Williams, shout out to him, RIP, but that's what they're going to show. An iRobot. An iRobot, yeah. yeah. I was just thinking of iRobot or any of the other. All good robot movies about robots with a conscience. I mean... I feel like it could go either way. Right now, <laughs> I'm leaning towards like the robots. Be, if we're making the robots, they're gonna be like us, and we fucking up. So how are the robots not gonna fuck up? I feel like we won't have equality in human in humanity until we discover aliens and we become a species. <laughs> All come together yeah, like Independence Day. Yeah, like now we have a world president because now aliens are trying to wipe us out. So skin color doesn't matter. I mean, should matter. we stop saying "Save us, Skynet" and start saying "Save us, aliens"? Save us, aliens, <laughs> just so we can come together as a race of people. Not a race of skin tone, right? They're this is to be like because like that's the thing in Star Wars, like the discriminations against you know like we don't allow droids in here because <laughs> uh, that would be a nice world to live in, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be nice, but it's pretty funny. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I then got off topic. Stephanie walked in, mm-hmm. uh, and or, then a book, Allie. a book I I read that kind of goes along with this. I highly recommend. It's called Stamped from the Beginning by uh, Abram Kindi. Uh, it's about it literally breaks down the invention of racism and race in the United States and traces it from like pre-colonial times all the way up to modern day America. I, as a history teacher, I learned so much about this and it's so insidious the way these laws and shit have changed and evolved over time just to keep power structures in place. I highly recommend it for anyone 
who wants to like learn about racism, learn about being anti-racist. Um, it basically, it kind of focuses on three people throughout American history who have been kind of experts on race theory. And uh, it starts with uh, like Colin Mather, who was a, a priest during pre-colonial Boston, one of the first like American intellectuals who wrote about and shared like not only theology, but just like race theory in like the 1600s and kind of justifying the beginnings of slaves, slavery and like race-based slavery. And then uh, after that, I think it's like Andrew Jackson and follows him and like some of the things that were happening in the 1800s. Uh, then it goes to W.E. Du Bois uh, in the uh, post-Civil War, like pre-industrializing United States. And then it ends with Angela Davis and just tracks her journey from you know the 50s and 60s of the civil rights movement there into which you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's going on now. I mean, it's a long ass book. I had it for like two years before I started reading it and then it took me forever to read it, but I like powered through the last 200 something pages the last couple of weeks. Mind blown. I would crazy. I, I'll, I'll have to get that book. It would, it, like, if, I mean, I think it's probably one if you listen to books on tape, it would be good to, to not have because it's like 600 big, like 600 pages. Well, I'm sure it's a real in depth timeline, yes. names, dates, yeah, situations. Yeah. I was fascinated because I'm a history teacher, so like I had the the background knowledge to kind of contextualize some of this shit. But it, it's gonna be it's a, it's a tough read for someone. It doesn't have that knowledge, but goddamn, you know, I'm just like <laughs> so many times I would just be like, "What the fuck?" Like I can't like how structural it is. Yeah, like just the insidious ways that like you're like, "Oh, this is how this happened," and like they took this paper that this scientist wrote and twisted it this way to justify it. like all it is is just constantly taking whatever's out there, twisting it to justify basically some people not having equal rights, whatever whatever the person or group was and. Oh man, it, it's fucking crazy and, and tough, but you know you gotta learn. Sometimes shit shit sucks. Knowledge is power, <laughs> but it doesn't make it less difficult. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, what's your hero, hero of the week? So I saw this. This was crazy story. So uh, it, it was like a former student gives his 77 year old retired former substitute teacher twenty seven thousand dollars, and it was like this guy who had been a substitute teacher forever. And then he had to stop working when COVID hit. And then he ended up like not being able to afford his house where he lived and was living out of his car. But he, he had like substituted in like these same schools in the same community for a long time in California. And one of his former students lived in an apartment by where he was parking and saw him. And he was like, you know, like I remembered him making an impact in my life, even as a substitute, because he was always at my school. So I went up and talked to him found out what was going on. He's like, at first he, like the student himself gave like, gave him like a couple hundred bucks to try and like get him on his feet, get him some things he needed to be able to live in his car. And then he started to GoFundMe and he shared it over like TikTok and Twitter and it went viral. And then like a news reporter saw it and then like the, the school district that he had worked for saw it. And they ended up raising almost $30,000 for him. Wow. And uh, like they, they presented the check and I was like reading this. I'm like, this is great and everything. But like also it's a fucked up story of someone who like worked his ass off, worked mm -hmm. his ass off for did years a lot of the right fucking things and just got knocked on his ass by COVID and lost pretty much everything from, you know, yeah, he, he couldn't. He's like, I can't risk, you know, I'm, I'm old. I have underlying conditions. Yeah. I couldn't risk, you know, teaching. 
And I finally like, you know, had to give it up and just things spiraled out of control. And it just shows you like even someone who's done good in their life are living on a razor's edge where things can change so quickly. So well, I think that goes back to what we were talking about. One, being a teacher, you don't realize the impact you make on students. Exactly. That you make. And then two, how blessed it is to like come out of COVID relatively unscathed and relatively, um, you know, doing all right. And so we're just lucky. Yeah. Sorry. Quick no. interruption. <laughs> no, but salutes. That's so tight. You no, know, I can see both sides of that. Like, shows you how fucked up the education system is. That like, this dude doesn't have a, a legit retirement plan. He's a substitute. Mm-hmm. You still put your time and, and your and your energy. And obviously, he made kids, that's a, like obviously he made an impact because this kid was like 24. Yeah. And like obviously hadn't had him in seven or eight years, but yeah. still remember the impact he had. Not even being his his everyday teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, shout out to that kid. That's that's a big thing for someone to do, especially at that age. Yes. Yeah, small things lead to, mm-hmm. to bigger ones. Yep, so you change the world. Yes. And my next thing is white mediocrity gone wrong. Uh oh. Right up my alley. So <laughs> it's the only white dude here. So this guy uh, David was that <laughs> Elmendorf. Sounds super white. He owned an ice cream shop in New York my dude. Uh, State. He uh, called the cops on a BLM protest, saying, "Hey." Um, they got guns, they got this, they got that, right? Turns out he was the one with the gun. He was the one threatening them. So now with that new law, they call, they're calling it the Central Park Karen law, that you can't call yeah. cops to, you know, get somebody, like pretty much using a cop as uh, a against, weapon. Yeah, as an enforcement. Yeah, uh, against race. Damn it. So, yeah, at first he, like, he said he was being threatened. They all had weapons. No one had anything. He's the one with the gun. And, yeah, so now they arrested him and doing it at a Central Park Karen law on him. Now I just feel good for him. bad as a white dude. <laughs> I usually don't call the cops, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know what to do. But, yeah, he thought Panic. he was cool trying to be, you know, thinking cops are always going to be on his side. And they flipped the script on him, which was tight. Good, man. Wrong. Wrong. Mm-hmm. Got it. Like I said. As much as I take I, that, I, take that, take that. I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate my white privilege. I know that's awful yeah. to say, but man, it's a blessing sometimes for the shit that I got away with. <laughs> so I'm like, yes, right. Uh, but I mean, that's all you got to do is just as long as you know. Oh, I embrace. I, I, I try not to make it so cavalier, but I definitely try to embrace the fact that white privilege exists. I very much reap the benefits of it. I do the same thing with being a guy. Like I can walk oh, around man. wherever I want, and not yep. have to worry about anyone accosting me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right. I can. I don't have to walk. To, I can walk to my car at night, and be okay. Yes. People like, just take a, yeah. me. Take, people take me more seriously. A hundred percent. Like, and if you know, I have a lot. Of, like I said, I've been raised single mom, a lot of strong, independent women in my life. And if you, if I was me acting like them, is you being a man and being assertive. Them acting like you or being assertive is ah, oh, she's just mean. Mm-hmm. She's kind of a bitch. Yes. No one can work with her. She's difficult. Like, well, well, fuck you, man. <laughs> right? yeah. You imagine being a woman and being subjectified and can't walk to your car at night, period, without just having to worry about a dude yeah. fucking doing awful shit to people. No, it's funny because I was watching uh, The Next Karate Kid. Yeah. And I was, man, I was like the 90s. I was looking at it and I was like, now also I'm a father of a yeah. girl. I was like, whoa, this is way too much. Do too much. I don't know. I have a boy and I just... You just, I want him to just be a good person. You know what I mean? That's the same thing with my daughter. I want her to respect other people, yeah. respect herself. 
yeah, just know your worth mm-hmm. and know other people's worth. Like know their value in life. Yeah. Even if you don't know them, they have value. It's intrinsic. They're part of this ecosystem that we live in. You just hope, I don't know, being a, we can go on a whole dad rant, yes, dude. Yes, yes, I don't know how long you guys have. <laughs> <laughs> we'll probably go to the next segment. That, yeah, <laughs> that's which is, perfect time. Which is the break. We got a break coming up. Sweet. My song of the week, uh, it's off the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. It's called Something Ain't Right. It's by Masego featuring J.I.D. and Rhapsody. It's quite the little collaboration between the three of them. Listen and enjoy. Salud. guys that was sean's song of the week and that was something ain't right by masego uh jid and rhapsody 
Yeah, usually Masego has more upbeat music, kind of fun, and this one's a little more serious with the soul sample, J.I.D. and Rhapsody spitting the bars. Um, but yeah, it's he he's such a great producer and musician, and uh, I love seeing him work with different people, doing uh, branching out, doing different types of things. Yeah, Rhapsody always has bars, makes you think about things, and also J.I.D. Yeah, we played him last week. Yeah, he's he's on he's on one right now, as they say. He, he's just he's hitting, making some hits. Yeah, because we were talking, he's putting on a bunch of singles, but he's like, we're just waiting for that album. Yeah, maybe it doesn't come. Whatever he's doing, he's still batting. He's got a high batting average, getting on base a lot, and scoring a lot of runs. He does. He's a middle of the order producer. <laughs> a little little Jeter of the game. <laughs> yeah, or Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but. Uh, up next is our meandering question section. Mm-hmm. Dylan, are you ready to be peppered with not so tough, difficult <laughs> Okay, questions? I was like, yeah, the hype is real. Yeah, yeah let's go for it. Because they used to be quit fire, but people, you know, it's meandering. Now they're like, you know, soft tossed. Okay, we're kind of like, we're kind of like strolling in the park. Okay, so All I was right. like, I'm ready for hardball with Chris Matthews right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first question, Caesar. Uh, would you rather have a cocktail or a beer? Cocktail only because after 35, my uh, my metabolism isn't as quick. Nah. Uh, what's what's your cocktail of choice? Right now, I'm doing uh, gin daiquiris with two dashes of Angostura bitters, or I'm, I, I, a, I'm feeling that. I'm a, I'm a real. I like gin cosmos, bro. Like I don't. I'm a big fan of gin, so I love gin. So if I'm not doing that, then it's just usually like a shot of rye whiskey, something real simple and quick. Nice. Nice. All right. Next question. Do you prefer pizza or cheeseburgers, given you can only pick one? Forever? Just if you had to pick between the two. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go burger. Okay. I'm going to go burger. I love, I love hamburgers. What's, what's your favorite place to get one in Reno? Besides uh, Record Street? Um, <laughs> of course. So there's, that's hard. There's so many different styles of burgers. Washoe Public House. Educate has, us. Oh. Educate us. All right. So Washoe Public House has your brioche bun, house-made pickle, some more of your fancy burger. Beefy's has a greasy spoon burger mm-hmm. that's to die for. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm blanking the name over by 1864, Granite Street behind it. Royce. Royce, Royce. has a fire-ass burger, Classic. Too. One of what, our favorites. It's what In-N-Out should be. It's, yeah, you know, but even In-N-Out has its clout for where, what it does. Yes. It, habit's good, too. Like, the thing about burgers is that if you take the time, almost anybody could make a good burger. You can fuck pizza up all the time. Yes. But bur- people make good burgers everywhere. And so, yeah, Bricks has a, Bricky's has a good pizza. Burger, I'm trying to. Th- I think we could probably just go off a place. That's, that's good happening. though, but I mean, like you said, th- it's hard to find really good pizzas in Reno. But I think, like, there's no shortage of good places of to, good get yeah, to get a burger. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just depends on what you're looking for. Or just my backyard. Remember, get some ground yeah. beef and make my own. Yeah, you can't ground. You can't barbecue a pizza in your backyard. You got to use an oven. It's mm-hmm. DiGiorno. It's awful. Even the awful awful. I mean, that was the most Reno fucking thing that we had for the longest time. Hey, if I was gonna go somewhere and do something that's really local in Reno. It used to be the Little Nuggets. Yeah, you took off. someone to Little Nugget at yeah. 1.30 in the morning on yeah. a Friday. Mm-hmm. You bought an eight ball and then <laughs> ate <laughs> and hung out next to a homeless dude and a police officer at the same time. No, true facts. In an alleyway. Yeah, don't mm-hmm. do drugs, though. Drugs are, <laughs> drugs are bad, okay? Yeah. Yep. What's now, the next one? I'm ready. The three essentials you can't leave the house with other than your phone. That I have to have on me all the time? Yes, like an everyday care. Like clothes don't count? Clothes don't count. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm so minimalist. I don't, there you go. I guess I need oh. my keys, mm-hmm. but I'm not like, I don't carry chapstick. 
I, that's it. I guess my keys, my wallet, because I need to, and my ID. I don't know. A simple man. I like that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm like that way too. Like he, Caesar has his accessories. I'm all, not big. All day. I'm not big on. I don't, I don't even, I don't even like wearing a watch. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I can't wear a watch. Every I got day. a cell phone that tells me the time. I got a nice watch, and I only wear it for special occasions. Yeah, I got a beautiful watch, and I just yeah, I never. I look at it all the time. I'm like, I could wear this, but I don't. <laughs> it's not you. Know, you. Sits on my nightstand. Yeah, I mean, I guess a hat every if it's hot. <laughs> I, I put sunscreen on before I go out, but again, that's just my whiteness. I burn, all right. I burn easy. Simple it. man. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, next question. We were talking about chicken wings. Yep. Are you a flats or a drums guy? Drums. Why? I to, Explain. I like, so flats, I can eat in one bite. You could do that cool trick. There's just something <laughs> about a drum. There, I feel like there's more meat. There's more bang for your buck on it. We had this conversation last week, and I, mm. I always say drums for that very reason. Yeah, like I feel if we weighed it out, boning and everything. And they were like, no, it's, it's flats. Like... <laughs> Every, everyone uh, everyone like flats everyone's like if you're over 13 you need to appreciate flats and I was like eh, well, for, that I don't appreciate them for, for me for me I'm not going to go into the debacle I did yesterday uh, last week but the meat is just a lot better in the flats I don't say I just I disagree I guess we can all agree that boneless is way worse than bone in <laughs> So we can just agree on that. I mean, if you're yeah. eating boneless chicken wings, what's the point? You're fucking yeah. lazy. Either get a either fucking upgrade and yeah. get a full size tender. Yeah. Or just stick with the fucking chicken stop. wings. Yeah, stop. It's like you're eating nuggets, like it, a child. It really is. There's, not, nothing, yeah. there's nothing less. Yeah. Then put ketchup on it. If you yeah. Want. Get yeah. some fried. Yeah. Don't nope. even get started. Ketchup on fried chicken. Awful. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the the last one. Do you do anything for like self care? Uh, like beauty, no, like I do. Anything. So I just, share your share your process. Man, I have yes. just well, mm. I've been doing some research about self care because it's a thing now. It used to just be called you know you didn't do it, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but now like self care is a thing. But I've been lo- researching. Uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like retinol. Uh, be it's like face mask stuff. Mm. I've been trying to keep my skin looking younger because I'm starting to age quicker. But there's all this. Been looking into skincare routines. Well, you were talking about earlier. You do mm. the massages regularly. I do the, yeah, that's I mean, yeah. that's self care. Shout out to Katie um, at uh, Breathe Bar. Uh, yeah, I've been doing those like mm. uh, standing every two weeks. Man, just your body's ability to to develop tension and keep and hold tension. Like you don't realize it until they take the tension away. And it's been like uh, two months, and now my body goes into like this ease so much quicker. Where I'm like, okay, that knots out. I don't carry it as much in my shoulders. I mean, there's still a lot of work to do. I stretch more too. Started mm. running. That's a fucking awful habit to develop at 35. <laughs> Especially with yeah. bad knees, bad, bad Yeah, I'm like, do you know what I'm going to start doing at 35 is running. Because there's no, no side effects of that. I, uh, I saw this like workout podcast and they're like, it was better off for you to walk because the average person doesn't know how to run properly. Oh, I'm fucking myself and, up daily. And, and they hurt themselves, yeah. like their joints or their feet. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, but everyone could at least walk or hike. Yes. Like, do that one instead of running unless you know how to run properly or get right shoes and things like that. See, I, I invested some money in some shoes, but now, like, I run and I, I kind of judge people walking in my head. I'm like, you're just, <laughs> you know? Like, why are you walking in the same lane that I'm running at right now? So I've been just, it should be in the slow lane. Yeah, like I started going. I, I walk went, on the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, the joggers are in the streets. I'm That's in the how street, it goes. Yeah. That's I how it goes. Hate running if, you're on the walk, if you're walking in the street, you, you know, I go for my walks to the neighborhood and yep. stay on the sidewalks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I went to the gym once. 
So that's something that I'm trying to work with the self care. So do you are you uh, do you like running like outside or do you go run at the gym? I cannot do the gym. I have no, to be yeah. outside. Okay. The, why be in a building? Yeah. No, it's, that's yeah. Me too. Like I, I, I can't do it on the treadmill, but you know I can walk through my beautiful ass neighborhood. Yeah, and, and especially when the weather's nice and shit. Yeah, and I'm in the gym, just the most out of shape person there, and everyone's just crushing life. I feel like on that level. Nope, I'd rather be outside. Take my shoes off if I have a minute to you know do some stretching, but I feel like self-care doesn't become relevant until it becomes relevant. Like you don't think about things until, until you need it. Yeah. Until acid reflux starts kicking your ass <laughs> and you're like, well, uh, I've never had to take a Tums in my life. Or I should stop eating dinner at eight o'clock at, exactly. at night. Yeah. And now I got to take Tums cause I'm fucking, I'm dying right now. Mm-hmm. Self-care no. is so important. Do yes. it. And everyone used to tell you, oh man, do it now. So you don't have to do it later. Nope. Go back to those high school I'm, kids. I'm about to turn 39. So I'm looking at that. Like yep. I need to get in gear. So that, you know, when I'm looking at 50, I don't have, you know, these, these fucking aches and pains. Yeah, fucking gout. Like, shit just happens. And you're like, oh, man, this is what getting old is. Mm-hmm. Acid fucking reflux. And then time goes by faster when you get older. So I sit on my balls that's, all the time. That, <laughs> is that overshare? Can, is that too much? No, that's there? good. Yeah, no, I'm no, laughing no. at the fucking real just, talk. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah, it day happens. I it happens. sit happens. on a bench or a chair. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I got it again. <laughs> oh, that, that's... There's so much to, to explore there. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a man talk segment. Yeah. We'll go over what happens when you turn 35 and shit starts. Gravity yeah. takes yeah. effect. It doesn't only affect women, man. Us men got to struggle with it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I got to start wearing boxer briefs. No, dude, some a little no, tiny. Yeah, no, you need I got to. the new Nike Fit ones. Because <laughs> they're breathable. And everything I had like, this right? fucking mm-hmm. thought this morning. No, I'm like, you know that, what? Mm-hmm. I got to start, yeah. Maybe for some that one reason. Boxer briefs. Expensive yeah. underwear. Save yeah. myself the pain. Well, you made it through. I did. Congratulations. Thank you guys for having me on. Look I really at that. Appreciate Good it. questions. Yeah. So we got a couple more things, right? Uh, this week in racism, this was fucking crazy. Uh, it's really blowing up. So this announcer at a basketball game in Oklahoma was caught on camera in the mic. He thought his mic was off. And he was calling these like this girls' basketball team kneeled. Uh, like you know, for social protest, and he called them niggers for kneeling, and it was caught on tape. And then, like, first he denied, like, it was caught on tape and video. First he denied it was him. Then he said, <laughs> then he said he didn't know the mic was on. Then, like, his latest thing is that his blood sugar was low, and sometimes he like says gets, racist shit. <laughs> right? He blamed the bitters. <laughs> He blamed it on his diabetes had him out there being racist. So, uh, like, hopefully he gets fired. They're like, they're, everyone's like, oh, my God, these, these are like, you know, it was a high school girls basketball game. Jesus. And this guy's like, so you're like, these fucking bitches, like, go just going off on them. So uh, he got caught. Hopefully he gets fired and someone holds him accountable and mm-hmm. he doesn't get to work mm-hmm. with kids because, you know, they don't need that energy in the room. Nope. should work, period, dude. Oh, even that word just grow, uh, can't do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's just visceral. It's disgusting. Couldn't yeah, couldn't believe it. We'll get something else later that is almost just as bad. But <laughs> yeah. first, we got some local. Look, things are opening up because yeah. normally we have local events we highlight. We haven't had one in a while, so I'm excited to hear what this is, Caesar. So uh, it's been going on uh, Year of the Ox at Lasting Dose. They have a gallery next door to the tattoo shop, and everything is based off Year of the Ox. So which I, is the Chinese year that it is cr- Currently. Yes. I'm a year of the ox. 1985, son. Ooh, Shout out to the oxes. <laughs> Shout out to the, the, the rap group year of the ox. It's yeah. their year, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a piece up. 
up there, like a photograph. I have one of your photos. Mm-hmm. The Cuban one. Oh, yeah, I did have that Cuban thing a long time. Yeah. And it was at the same thing, at Lasting Dose. Yeah, mm-hmm. was it? I have that one. It's hanging mm-hmm. up in my house. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Well, check that out, people. Uh, Lasting Dose, again, great art gallery. Those guys do a lot in the community. So Homies, support the tattoo arts. shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, lastly, our fuckboy of the week this week. Uh, basketball player who plays in the Miami Heat, Myers Leonard, says a slur that I'm not going to repeat on uh, the podcast about Jewish people. I couldn't. So when I heard about this, I was watching Jesus Samaro. And they were talking and they're like, we're not going to say this on the show. I'm like, damn, it must be bad. I'm like, how does this accident? He's playing Call of Duty on Twitch live with his friends and something happens. He's like, you fucking blah, 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 blah. Insert slurs for Jewish people. And I'm like, dude, this isn't even like, I mean, saying the N word, at least that was like common for hundreds of years like this word i'm like jesus this word like no one says this word that he said and it was so funny because he like he said it and he like kept playing and immediately his cell phone rings and this is all on his twitch stream and he answers his phone and like he says it's his wife but you can tell like someone's like what the fuck did you just say you need to get off right now stop and he's like oh sorry guys it's my wife gotta i gotta go, go. Oh. and he like gets off and like cuts off his stream but all of it was out there like i watched this video of him and like it like it took a couple days for it to be reported but uh like the nba like investigated and like now he's been placed on leave like without pay like fine fifty thousand dollars has been uh like suspended by the team and everything i'm like damn like this is Oof, like this is bad. like I almost understand the inward thing more just because like <laughs> at least like racism is like so like, I mean it's everywhere mm-hmm. but like this is so random like first of all like who the fuck says this word like I'm for sure most people don't even know the word that he said is even a slur because it's so old school and it's so out of use that like no one really says it that often. And I was like, God damn, bro. When you say it like in a game like that, it has to be cocked and locked and ready. That's what I'm saying. Like, like it's alert. Like he's learned. he he's had it, You're he's ready. said it, and he's he knows it. Like he's that's not the first time he's used mm-hmm. that word. And then the, uh, the funniest thing, and then everyone was like, Oh, is this you? Because like he was the only player on the team during the bubble last year, not to when they were doing all the protests, not to to kneel, and he like had all these social media posts like I stand for equality, I stand for against bigotry, <laughs> and it's like a picture of like everyone else on the team kneeling, and then him stand, him being the only one standing. Is he like, a white dude? He is white. He is Cock, he is of the of the Caucasian persuasion, mm-hmm. as they say. Dude, fucking ruining things for other people. And I, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't believe it. You know, I was like. If you're a white dude in the NBA, like Shut you would think up. you need to be fucking cool, at least like recognize. Yes. Because you're such the like, you know with all the foreign players too and everything. Like, you, uh, yeah. But anyways, he's our fuck boy of the week. Well earned. Well earned. Now, dang. And on Twitch, he probably told it to a child. Yeah, he probably, co- I was probably right. Like, like, he Call probably just took yeah, got killed yeah. by some you know eleven year old in Wisconsin who just happened to be white. So <laughs> chitty, like, chitty I'm like, like, yeah, like if he knew the race of the dude, like what was he said? If this was the word he went to for like a white dude, like what was he gonna say to someone else? Oh, that's awful. But anyways, yeah. yeah. But anyways, Dylan, we thank you for thank having, you for having yes. me on the show. Appreciate uh, it. Being a guest for all of you listening Anytime out there. Anytime you need. Make sure you check out Record Street and at the Alpine. Yep. Uh, and, uh, what's the address here? 
324 East 4th Street, right across the street from the depot, um, Cross Streets Records. So if you guys ever need a token white dude on your show, I'm always down. <laughs> yeah. We appreciate yeah. you sharing your space, Offer opening you. up for us, uh, and uh, everything you guys are trying to accomplish here. Thank uh, you. We wish you well. Thank I you. I can't wait mm-hmm. to come here in normal times. when. Yes. You know, the, you got this beautiful stage. Can't wait to host you guys. Can't yes. wait to see what happens with the music. But uh, before we go, one last question for you. With all the breweries and bars and everything in Reno, what sets yours apart and why should people come here and what can they expect? So uh, everywhere that I kind of teach and, tra- and, and train and coach is a, a saying that stuck with me through my industry. Uh, great customer service or bad customer service won't make up for a – or sorry, let me rephrase that. Great customer service – will make up for a bad cocktail, but awful customer service won't make up for a good cocktail. So you can get a beer, you can get great beer anywhere. There's a lot of amazing breweries, but you can't always get great customer service. And so we really thrive ourselves. That's why I pass my card off to everybody. Hey, you had a great experience, bad experience, here's my card. Um, I want people to know that we're a brewery that you reach out, you get to talk to them. Jesse's the same way, man. You can talk to him anytime. He's here all the time. He loves when, you know, we love when people approach us and ask us and talk to us about things here. So. Again, I think there's a lot of great venues, you know, but our culture thrives at Record Street. I think we're probably, without being, you know, too over the top, I think we're the only, we're the only brewery with a built-in concert venue. I mean, our whole identity is music and culture. I mean, our staff is amazing. Like, we're just blessed to be where we're at, and we're in one of the hottest neighborhoods in town right now. Yeah. Like in the brewery district. In the brewery district on 4th Street, like this neighborhood has It's popping. Crazy amounts of culture from the I mean, it's still probably one of the shadiest parts of Reno, but that's what Reno is. It used to be the seedy underground stuff mm-hmm. that you saw kind of Keep Reno feral. Yeah, like but and you appreciated <laughs> yeah. it. So I don't know, and we're just a blessed to be part of the neighborhood, man. Well, thank you again. Yeah. Make sure you check out Record Street Brewery again, people when you when you get back out there. Um Make sure you check out Caesar Night every Friday night from 9 to 11 on 97.7 K-Wink, where we play nothing but the best in all things hip-hop, giving you what you need, not what you want. Yeah, this is Della Photo. Make sure you respect each other. Sir. And that's it. Drink water. <laughs> Stay hydrated. This is Sean saying mask up. Be safe. And uh, for all you fuckboys out there, cuffing season is just about to end. Yes. It's about to be springtime, and we all know that means you. You guys are about to go wild. So, ladies, watch out. So, peace.